Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the TNT Podcast. I'm your host, KT Temple, and with my co-host, Ken Temple. Hey, you didn't say always my co-host. You did good. I know, man. I don't trust you anymore. Don't trust you. Well, I'm going to miss a couple coming up. That's a good thing you don't. (laughs) So uh, we are, it's just us two today, and we wanted to talk about um, some pretty big news. And um, uh, and we're going to do a bit of recap on how we got here. uh, it just came out that Keller Williams has agreed to pay a $70 million lawsuit to settle real estate uh, agent commissions, uh, uh, the lawsuit that's happened. So, Kent, before we get into what we know now, uh, tell everybody kind of how we got here and and what the lawsuit was about, to the best of your knowledge. Well, so, so attorneys got together and tried to use uh, anti-racketeering laws from 100 years ago to say that we were colluding and artificially in, uh, agreeing to keep rates high. And Casey, what's funny about that is you, you couldn't get you couldn't get the top person at the top seven real estate companies in the room and get them to agree on anything, let alone get 1.5 million realtors to agree on anything. And commissions have always been negotiable. We've always had what we call discount brokers. We've had there's just it's always out there. And that whole thing was oh you've always done it six percent and as long as I've been in real estate, which is 19 years, never once have commissions been on an average of 3% on each side. It's never happened. Just, it never has. And so to me, the, the whole lawsuit was kind of bogus from the beginning. The way it was set up, um, though, did not go well. And here's what happened. You had a, a couple of the large real estate brokers. What they did when they sued, I think they sued the five biggest and then they sued NAR. And a couple of the real estate brokerages settled before it ever went to trial. And if you listen to it to our podcast, you'll know when that happened. Um, I was pretty upset about it. And it's just because I, I truly don't believe that the lawsuit had any merit to it. Commissions are negotiable, always have been. We, you know, it, it, we struggle with it sometimes with, with people that will undercut you and make it almost hard to make a living because the average realtor makes less than the average school teacher. So anyway, uh, a couple of them settled. I was pretty upset with the podcast. Later on, we had to do a podcast, and I went, okay, now I understand. I, the reason that the couple settled before the trial was a pretty basic reason. They're publicly traded companies, and publicly traded companies don't fare very well on the trading floor when they're being sued for billions of dollars. So that made me understand at that point, okay, this is why they settled. We still went through the trial at the, you know, the outcome was, was not what we wanted it to be. Everything that I've seen has, has pointed toward, Hey, on appeal has a real good chance of the outcome being different on appeal. The problem is, is because the first one went through. Now you've got copycat lawsuits popping up everywhere. Um, the same group that sued the five biggest in NAR immediately filed another suit against pretty much everybody else. Uh, it's just it was turning the wild, wild west, and it didn't make sense to keep fighting it, and it didn't make sense to keep putting um, realtors and real estate offices at risk. So it, at this point, Keller Williams said, you know what, we're going to settle. And so now I think that only leaves NAR and one real estate company that haven't settled. My guess is I, I think they probably will. I, the, the more I look at it, KT, I think everybody – kind of has to because if if you don't and you lose you you no longer exist 
would what would ha- would happen to anybody that loses it at this point. So that's that's kind of how we got here. Um, the seventy million is probably based on what they did to the to the people that settled earlier. This is more than than they settled for. The the first two companies that settled, they actually settled for half of their cash on hand. Is basically what they settled for. Um, Keller Williams being private, I don't know if they know what our cash on hand is. So the Keller Williams settlement was a little bit larger. I think theirs were fifty and fifty five million. This is seventy million. From what I'm kind of hearing, that was probably a fair amount to settle for based on the previous two. So that's, you know, that's where we are. Hopefully, um, as these things happen, we'll get protections from the further suits coming in, which I think you'll probably ask about as we go forward. Yeah. And so one of the things that has been said is the company has agreed to inform clients that commissions are negotiable and to disclose the structure of agent compensation. The move is aimed at providing consumers with clearer information and potentially leading to more competitive pricing in the market. Now, I know how our listing appointments go, and I don't know what else we could do to make that clear on on the compensation. So where do you think that's going to kind of lead on you know, how you might conduct your listing appointments differently and, and talk about this? Well, you know, KT, um, you, know, you and I, we deal in North Carolina, South Carolina. Those are two of the 12 states that actually have buyer agency in place, which shocked me when I found that. And I didn't know that until we started going through this this whole lawsuit deal. So North and South Carolina, I think we do a good job because on the listing agreement, it says total commission. And it said from the total commission, what percentage we paid to to the buyer's agent. And, and at the end of it, it's a contract. Everybody signs it. So in North and South Carolina, I agree with you. I think we did a pretty good job. I don't know what every state looks like. I think what we might wind up doing, though, KT, is you know, we might go to a scenario like New York has started. And I don't know. I know New York has this is part of it. I don't know if they're doing it yet, but they're going to do it. And, and KT has said, you know, we have right now in Norfolk, we have one listing agreement. Like I said, listing agreement, it says the total commission is this. And what we're going to offer to somebody that brings the buyer is this. And you can split it. It doesn't have to be half and half. It can be what it's all negotiable. Um, in New York, you're going to have a listing agreement and the listing agreement says you will pay me this much to list your home. And that's what I'm going to get paid when I sell it. Then there will be a completely separate contract that says, Hey, if we want to offer commission to a buyer's agent, you got to sign this one. And so it'll actually be two separate contracts. To me, if they're really worried about how we're doing it, I mean, that would kind of solve the problem. And what's, as far as well, then, well, what if people don't want to offer anything? Well, you've never had to offer anything. That's, that's not a requirement. Some, some MLSs, uh, did require you to offer something, but it could be as little as one dollar. And, you know, I mean, McDonald's doesn't even have a dollar menu anymore. So I think, I think a dollar is nothing. Um, that would kind of solve that problem going forward on who's going to pay what and, and how it's disclosed. So I think that that could be a good option coming down the road. So we talk about like the financial implications of this and the, the industry impact it's going to have the settlement alongside the 
$1.8 billion in damages ordered by the jury, which could potentially increase to over $5 billion with the treble damages, underscores the financial and operational risks that antitrust violations pose to major players in the real estate industry. So Keller Williams' decision to settle highlights a strategic move to mitigate these risks and remove the uncertainty of ongoing lit- uh, litigation. Yeah, seventy so, million is a lot less than our portion of one point two billion that could be. Threatened. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I. Um, so, yeah, in case you just to back up for a second, uh, yeah. To, to this, when I'm talking about those two contracts, keep in mind it, it, we have to determine what our value is when we're listing it. But we also have to advise our clients. If I'm, li- if I'm listing a, a property and they decide not to give the buyer agent anything, I'm gonna say, hey, well, just so you know, you're gonna limit the pool of buyers who are gonna come in here. Because some mortgages won't allow the buyer to pay their buyer's agent, so they're automatically going to be out. They, they, they won't even be able to afford it anymore. And as, as Casey, as somebody who just became a, a homeowner last year, so you're a first-time homebuyer, you know the struggle is real for first-time homebuyers because of what prices have done over the last four years. And, and you'll just make that struggle worse if you don't have a compensation allowed for somebody that brings a buyer for your property. It just, it just, there's a reason that we do it like that. So one of, that's one of my, one of my favorite comedians is uh, John Oliver and he did a segment uh, uh, yesterday all about HOA. Uh, and he made a separate segment all about Chuck E. Cheese because uh, he was like, if you're under 35, you're never going to be able to afford a house. So we made a Chuck E. Cheese video for you guys. Ouch. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was kind of brutal. So he made a whole 25 minute segment uh, for everyone under 35. If you want to check it out, if you actually own a home and you're over 35, you can go watch the HOA one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the point of this, if you ask, ask the lawyers, the whole point is to encourage more flexibility and independence in how agents operate within the industry. Do you think that's going to happen? No, I think I can see the attorneys don't care about anything but the attorneys and line in their pockets, period. None of this. So little of this money is going to make it to any individual homeowner. It's ridiculous because the attorneys will split all the money before it gets spread out a million different ways. This is for a variety of reasons. What they're doing, trying to change the system is a bad thing for industry. It's going to affect every minority group out there. It's going to affect every group that already has low home, home ownership rates. It's going to affect first-time home buyers. It just it, it just is. So no, the, the attorneys can tell you how much they care about you. All that they care about you all they want. They don't. They don't. This the the lawsuit makes zero sense. You signed the contract. If you didn't read the contract, I can't help you on that. It's it's completely bogus. I, I feel I really do. I mean, we're finally making some strides. Um, in minor in a lot of different minority groups, home ownership rates, and we just set ourselves back twenty years. You know, Casey, we talked about this. I don't know, well, maybe we didn't talk about it on here. You know, right now, you know that there are more single women homeowners than single male homeowners, which is amazing because sixty years ago, a woman could not get a mortgage without a male signer on it. So you talk about there's a there's what you would consider a minority group, females, when it comes to home ownership and all the strides we made. Uh, let's just make it harder on them. Yeah. Let's make let's just make it any minority group. Let's just make it harder on them. Uh, let's make it that that way. That'll make it easier for the people who have always had high ownership rates. Oh, yeah. And for all the corporations who want to buy up all the homes 
and create a lifetime of renters. So thank, thank you, attorneys. We appreciate you a lot. So Anywhere Real Estate agreed to pay $83.5 million. Remax agreed to pay $55 million. And we just talked about Keller Williams. If, if you're one of these companies that settled and a client asks you about it, how do you respond? What's your talking well, point? Oh, well, that that we, we settled because of the millions of lawsuits that were coming out there. At the end of the day, we're going to do business like we always do. We're going to sit down. I'm going to tell you the fee that I charge, and we're going to talk about how much we should offer somebody that comes in to get the most people to look at your house to get you the highest price that we can. I'm still, we're still doing business the same way we always did. It, it hasn't changed. And, and, oh, oh, you're going to sell these people, they're going to offer zero. Nobody's offering zero because they understand they would limit their buyer pool if they offered no commission. So, no, we're, we're not seeing that. Um, I guess it could happen, but, you know, it's, it, it could not have been, when the lawsuit first came out, it could not have been any more visible out there. We were on every Good Morning America, Today, Dateline, you know, you name the news program. Wall Street Journal's running articles on it. CNN's on it. It was, I mean, it's out there and it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed the way we do business. Because the way we, the model, the way we do business works. Any, any future outlooks regarding all of this? Well, I think, uh, like I say, my best guess is, and remember, when I say my best guess is, I'm guessing because, um, nobody from NAR is calling me, telling me their position on settling. But my guess is, is that everybody settles and that we get a settlement across the board. There, there probably will be some changes. I think um, no longer will anybody require their realtors to belong to NAR. So I don't think any companies in the very near future will make all their realtors uh, be part of NAR. And I don't think in the very near future, I don't think any MLSs will require it anymore. They'll take that off the board so you don't have to be part of it. That's a change. If you're a realtor, listen to this. That is not good for us. I understand that it, you, it's another fee and everything. At the end of the day, NAR uh, is a phenomenal lobbying group when they're not having to be in court all the time. And if we lose that, that's not a good thing. But that, that's, that's one change will come in. I think it will be, I think states that don't have buyer agency like we do will probably have buyer agency. I think there's a definite chance that maybe forms will be done differently, that maybe we'll have multiple contracts to cover us. At the end of the day, Casey, real estate agents are going to stay commissioned salespeople. And those that do the, those that work hard, um, will be fine. And those that don't will fail the business like they do now under the system because that's the way it is. It's so fascinating getting to talk to people in other countries regarding how their real estate market is run and managed, if it is at all. And the, the envy on their faces when they, hear that we have a national MLS and, and, you know, you don't have to go to one firm just for their specific listings. And it's almost like we're, we're just stopping when so many other countries would love to have this system in place for, there's, for fair there's, consumption. There's three levels, KT. The, the bottom level is a lot of countries. Um, and for example, I'll just give you one example. Costa Rica is one. 
in Costa Rica, anybody can sell a house. There's no license. There's no anything. Go put a sign up. You can sell a house. There's no regulation. Go sell a house. The, the second level is what most European countries are where they don't have, there's no sort of buyer agency. The, the, the listing firm, either, either the listing firm controls the listing. They can do with it what they want or multiple listing firms have the listing and whoever sells it sells it. Good luck. It's a free for all. And so to, to me, that does not get the most eyeballs on it like we do. The, the other system is us and, and the way, the way we do it and, and kind of the way Canada does it. We are the envy of the realtor world. <laughs> Everywhere around the world wants to be like us. Here we are and that we're taking a step backwards. We're back and in, we're not just, back in the 19th century. Not just people in the industry, the, the consumers, they find out that, oh, other countries get representation on the buyer side. That makes sense. <laughs> you know, and okay, they, now, if you it, took away compensation, if you said, okay, if you actually made it a law and the Department of Justice has something doing this where the seller cannot compensate the buyer's agent, if that became a law, the seller can't do it. Well, again, the whole mortgage industry would have to change because the, the person getting the mortgage can't pay the buyer's agent in a lot of different mortgage products. They have. So, so that would have to change. But what would happen was is you'd have people going, well, you know what? I'll just call the listing agent. Well, who does the listing agent represent? They represent the seller. That's who their fiduciary duty is to. That is not going to help the buyer in the long term. And correct me, correct me if I'm thinking of this wrong, because I think you explained this to me, is that the seller never compensates. They they can't compensate. And and normal, normal transactions where there's not actual money going straight to the buyer from the seller, the seller sets the rate at which they are compensated. The buyer's mortgage is what pays both sides. So the buyer is always the one compensating both sides well, with the rate set by the seller. It's just, we well, just always, it's always been said, oh, the seller pays commission. The seller pays commission. In reality, is what you said. The seller set the rate. At the end of the day, if you're the seller and I'm the buyer and we go to closing, I'm the one that's bringing the money. I'm the buyer. And then out of the proceeds yeah. I bring, the agents get paid. So we all, they've always said, oh, they, the seller pays commission. I, I've always kind of thought it was funny because I knew only one person brought money to the table. The seller maybe set the rate that then they all had to agree on. But yeah, they, that, that is, I, I, it is correct what you said. But until you, you, until you said it out, until you said that out loud, I never thought about it that way. Because you do, you you sit at the listing table and you say, which, how much does each side get? And you figure out those numbers. And so in your brain, you always say the seller, the seller chose the rate. So they're obviously paying, but they're not. It's it's the buyer's side that pays both sides through the mortgage or through, if it's an yeah. all cash deal. Do it what, yeah, it's, it is. Whatever it is, the, the, like I say, the buyer brings the check and I know that's where the, the funds come out of. Yeah. So. And how easy that is to twist in in a court of law. I mean, that, you know, because that is an interesting process, right? That that the seller... So we've got these lawsuits out there. Most of them are attorneys representing the sellers who said, I didn't know I was paying the buyer's agent. Well, if I'm telling you, if you're smart enough to have ever bought a house, you knew it. You can say you didn't, but you signed a contract saying you were going to do it. So you did know it. But then we have other lawsuits that they're saying it wasn't fair to the buyers. Well, which is it? Who did, who are we not fair to the sellers or the buyers? Cause somebody, 
if we were unfair to both of them, then who were the only people that made out? Was it just the realtors that made out on this? I mean, it's it's crazy that you could have two sets that are arguing completely opposite things and they're wanting to say both of them are right. Do you see a future? And I don't know how this would work. Do you see a future where somebody else determines the buyer's rate of compensation? Does it become the brokerage or the mortgage lender that says this is how much the buy? I mean, where would that rate come from uh, no. if that got out of the seller's no. hands? No, it's it's that you talk about being unfair to the consumer. If if the brokerages or any of the people you just mentioned, if any of them got to set the rate, would be unfair. That's why the rates have always been negotiable. Always. There and and there's this and there's this fixation, Casey, around three percent and six percent. There's just this fixation around it. And I've done many deals where I got paid more than that, and I've done even more deals where I got paid less than that. And always have. And never once, by the way, I I, I can pull you the record since I started in real estate. Never once have I averaged three percent per side. Never once have I averaged three percent. Ever. So how you can say that was a fixed rate is is it's BS. And I don't know anybody that has there's no there's no company. Go look at all the companies have their records. They've never averaged three percent. And the reason why is commissions are negotiable. By the way, right now we have a lot of what we call discount brokerages because the market's been crazy. Well, let the let the market turn and 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 uh, no longer be in the market we're in and and suddenly be in the in a buyer's market. And guess what? A lot of those people go away. It's the ebb and flow of business the way it happens. And it has worked, it has worked perfect all this time until now. So any final thoughts regarding the, the lawsuit, any of these lawsuits and, and just kind of the public perception of it? Uh, like I say, they're, they're, we're going to be in the news until everybody settles, which I still think they will. If they don't, the appeal process is going to take a long time. Yep. And we'll stay in the news longer. It's um, it, what I would tell everybody is it is business as usual. Go so real estate. You've always disclosed whatever I was getting paid. Keep doing it. Know, know your value proposition. What are you doing to earn the fee that you're going to get? I mean, that's 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 one of the biggest changes. Maybe some people don't know. But why do you deserve what you're getting paid? Just know your value proposition. Go present it and um, be part of the, you know, 7% of realtors that actually work. Is that a stab I can say at that on here is because that, the, is that a the only stab realtors at me? the ones that work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're the only one on here out of realtors. We know that, you know, because we've talked about the failure rate in real estate is really high. That's, that's yeah. the funny thing is, is they, there was this whole perception that, you know, all realtors make, you know, millions of dollars. And it's, it's just not true. Most realtors, even if you looked at their gross commission income, you would not be impressed at that. And that's before you subtract out all the expenses that they have. Well, the yeah, average not, the uh, average for a real estate agent is under poverty. The yeah. average. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, there are, you know, I work with about 2000 agents now. Uh, and the amount of people just getting by, it's, it's tough. It's very, very tough. It's not the get rich quick scheme. I had a, I had a lady. It was, it was like, oh, I, I could tell she hadn't really done her research before getting in this business because she's doing a, a, a coaching call with me. And in the call, she goes, all right, so where do I go to get a listing? 
I go, what What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> she goes, do the leads come to me? Like, what? How, do you send them to me? And I'm like, oh, you don't know how this works. Oh. This is going to be a rude awakening for you, bud. You're asking the right yeah, question, I guess. But I hope yeah. I, you should ask that question before you get your license. <laughs> you know, Casey, we've, we've um, the, the uh, realtor population has shrank a little bit. We're getting into the point of where we've sold so few houses. We were down to just over 4 million this year from 6.1 to two years ago. And um, the highest prediction I've seen that, that out of 1.5 million realtors, that 750 could get out of business this year, half of it. But 500,000 will get in. So at the end, we'll only be down 250,000. But that's how many people get in and out of real estate. It's a constant ebb and flow. And the reason why is, is just what we're talking about. People don't realize you actually have to work and go find business so they don't last. But yet there's this perception. So people just keep getting in the businesses almost as fast as they get out and sometimes faster. Awesome, man. Well, guys, we will be back next Wednesday with another great episode with you guys. Um, and, and I know who we're talking to. And just as a teaser, he, as far as the law goes, he knows a lot more than me and my dad does. So we can ask him a bunch of good questions. If you've got any questions, uh, that you would like to ask an attorney regarding all this stuff and, and specifically around artificial intelligence, uh, reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, uh, KT Temple, and you can find my dad at the Temple Team uh, on Facebook and Instagram. If you are uh, looking to buy, sell, invest in real estate and you need uh, a partner, uh, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us at thetempleteam.com. If you're looking for leverage in your business and you need somebody to really just help you elevate your business virtually. We got you there too, Cyberbacker Carolinas. Uh, And we will see you guys next week. Remember, like, subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us out a lot. Um, Feel free to share this with people in your market center. These consumers are really curious about this stuff. And we want to make sure you guys have the right talking uh, points to really uh, stand out as the economist of choice, not just the realtor of choice. So we'll see you guys next week.